Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Amen. Let's receive. So, so how many you got? You got sermon notes? Look at the title. I had 15 titles for this. It is written. It is written. Or how about the answer to every situation you're facing? This, it is written just a little bit, rolls off tongue a little bit easier, doesn't it? But this is the answer to every situation in life. This is the Word of God. Amen. And so let's dig into it this morning. I've got a lot to say. I can go till four, but we got things to do today. But this, is, this needs to be your life. L-I-F-E, life. The Word of God is life. Amen. So let's start with Matthew 4. And 1 through 11, I know the notes may just say 11. We're going to read 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He got baptized. The Holy Spirit fell on him. Some heard it thump, thunder. Some heard the voice of God say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Those in the Spirit heard the voice of God. Those that didn't said, Well, that was thunder. And so immediately Jesus is taken into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit said, Let's just go and show the devil what you got. Look at verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Doggone it, we're hungry after the first day of a fast, aren't we? Yes, we are. Don't lie. Because most of us don't make it 30 minutes. I fasted. Woo! But when the tempter came to him and said, If you be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now listen to me. This is just, we're going to talk about the three, but Jesus was tempted every day. Are you not tempted every day? Don't lie to me, yes. Jesus was tempted every day. But these are the three that cover everything. And says, if you be the Son of God, command these stones to, to become bread. Verse 4, and he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Woo, that's God's word. Verse 5, then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle in the temple. And he said, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Verse 7, and Jesus said, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 8, again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down (coughs) and worship me. Verse 10, then Jesus said, away with you, Satan. Have you ever told the devil that? Well, you need to start. Away with you. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Verse 11, then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Man, I could just preach on that loving right there. If you start speaking the word, the angel's going to come and minister to you. We don't want to think about angels. They're up in heaven floating around playing a little banjo. No, they're not. They're mighty. They are mighty. And they're, and they're working on your behalf. Glory. So let's dig into this. Let's look. Uh, and, and 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable, profitable, profitable. The Word of God is profitable 
for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. We don't want to talk about correction, for correction. The Word of God corrects us, and it helps us for instruction in righteousness. How do we want to live right? We want to be right with God. we got to know the Word of God. we got to know it's written. we got to know what it says, but we don't want to talk about correction and instruction. But we need to talk about correction and instruction. We need instruction. Matthew 24, 35 said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means pass away. The Word of God is going to remain forever. Hey, you put the Word of God in you, guess what? You will be forever. Jesus is the Word of God. He's on the inside of me, so I'm going to live forever. Well, you're getting old, Pastor. Your hair falling out. I know you, you limp sometimes and... Hey, but I'm talking about this body's going to die, but my spirit's going to live forever. Hey, glory be to God. If you saw my spirit, man, I could outrun anybody. Ha, ha, ha. All right, we're not talking about that today. But, But wait a minute. You go, well, Jesus said it is written. Jesus was the Son of God, Pastor. Jesus was, was, was uh, I mean, he's all-powerful. He just, he had it made. We're not Jesus. We're only human. And Jesus left his deity and became a man. He had to be a man to die for men for us so we could walk in salvation, so we could have access to the Father, so we could have everything that Jesus won as a man. That's why he's my champion. Hey, I like Michael Jordan, and I like Clint Eastwood, but you know what? Jesus is my champion. He's my master. I need him every day. I need his word every day. I need him in every way. And so he is the incarnation, the God that became flesh. And so he left it, and if you look at his life, Jesus had to learn, just like we have to learn. You know, as a baby, uh, he wasn't born, and he just didn't get up and start talking and walking. He had to be fed. He had to be wrapped in swaddling clothes because it was cold. Babies have to be wrapped up. He was a baby. That's what the Bible says, that when he left heaven, he became poor. He became like us. He left the glory of God, the presence of the Almighty God, and became a man just like us. And the Bible says he was tempted in every measure that we're tempted. We're going to look at three, but this really covers them all. Jesus was tempted every day with everything you're tempted with. I had a girl climb in my lap in high school. We was riding around, you know, on Friday. Shh, my wife's not in here. There she is. And the girl climbed up and said, anytime you want a date, you just let me know. It likened to have scared me. You know, I'm like, who is this? Don't you think that happened to Jesus? Yes, it did. Don't you know he was tempted by drugs? Don't you know he talked about being drunk? Don't you know power? He had power. He did. But he used everything as a man. So he had to learn. Let me prove it by Scripture. Let's, let's give it to you. In Hebrews 5, 8, look what it says. Though he was a son, yet he learned. Jesus learned why did Jesus learn? Because he was a man. He had to learn. He learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Remember, Easter was last Sunday in the Garden 
Father, I know all things are possible. If you can, if this cup, is there any other way? If this cup can pass, if you can take this cup, is there any other way? He, he's suffering. He's suffering for us. But he proved that, you know what, he had a choice. You got a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Luke 2.46 or Luke 2.52, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Wisdom. Jesus had to increase in wisdom. How I many of you know, I want to increase in wisdom. I hope you want to increase in wisdom. I believe I'm going to get it. I'm as tall as I'm going to get right now. But Jesus, as a boy, grew up. He got taller and taller. I know a young man. Uh, well, matter of fact, we've had his daddy here. And, and uh, you might know him as Nicodemus. But Ken Blunt, his son was shorter than anybody else in the eighth grade. So he found the scripture that Jesus grew in stature. And he began to declare it, that I will grow in stature. And he's taller than his daddy today. He's 6'2 or 6'1. Huh? So, so then let's look at, at Luke 2, uh, 52. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. I did that one. And Luke 2, 46, Jesus listened to them. He was listening and asking questions. So that's on your sheet. Listen, we need to be asking questions about the Word. But we never question the Word. There's a difference. Did you hear me? There's, there's asking questions about the Word, but then there's questioning the Word. Do you believe that? I don't believe that. Let me show you two people and how they got it wrong. But let me, let me back up. You know Jesus prayed. Is He our example? He prayed. He fasted. He tithed. He learned, he taught, and witnessed. Do you know that Jesus could do no mighty miracles in his own hometown? You know that, Patrick? What did Jesus do to, 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 to deflect that or to defeat that? He went and taught them. He taught, he taught, he taught. And you know what? He taught, and then miracles. The next time he came, miracles came. He taught, he taught. If he taught so much, what is it? He wants us to learn. If, if he's teaching, he wants us to learn. We've got to learn and so we got to teach the Word of God. And so if he taught, he witnessed, shouldn't we do it? So look at Luke 1, 18 through 20, and Zacharias. Now let's back up. This is before Jesus was born. Zechariah was the high priest. He's going into the Holy of Holies. They got a rope tied around him because if he messes up in the Holy of Holies, they drag him out. He's got a bell on him, and it's ringing, jingling, jing, jing. And it's not Christmas time. It's just a bell. And so he goes back into the Holy of Holies. And, and so Zechariah, an angel came to him and spoke to him. And the angel said, you're going to have a child. And you're going to call his name John. This is John the Baptist's daddy. And he goes, he asked him a question. How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Now, this is a question. And this question is questioning the word of God because angels only speak the word of God. So if an angel comes to you and it does not speak the Word of God, it's not an angel. Okay? So, and so the angel said, how should I know this? Look at verse 19. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. Now he's trying to, he's trying to lift his faith up. Jack, my name's Gabriel. 
Listen to me. I come from God and I'm speaking to you and I stand in the presence of God and God sent me to speak to you these things. Look in verse 20. I'm sorry, I didn't have 20. So, so here, he's proving it to him. But you know what? He didn't believe it. What did the angel do? Shut his mouth up. Do you know how important your words are? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Well, God needed Jesus, uh, John the Baptist in the earth. So he shut his mouth up. Now, the same angel came to Mary and said, you will have a son and call his name Jesus. And now she asked the question, how is this going to happen? He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. See, nothing. Her question was, okay, give me a how. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you will have his child. He, she said, okay, be it unto me. <laughs> See the different answer? When you find a promise in the Word, you need to say, be it unto me. That's mine. I'll take that. That's for me. That's for me. That's for me. Mary had faith. Zach had unbelief. You know, the Old Testament talks about false prophets. Some people are scared to give a word from the Lord because they're afraid that they'll be a false prophet. I won't be a false prophet, so I ain't going to say nothing. But a false prophet, someone who misses God is not a false prophet. A false prophet is somebody who on purpose brings confusion and on purpose tries to mislead people with a word from God, supposedly a word from God. That's a false prophet. So anytime anybody gives you a word or if you hear something from God, listen to me, we're going to break some stuff down. You need to back it up with the word of God. All right, so let's go to number one. The word brings provision. Remember, the first temptation, if you're hungry, if you're hungry, turn this bread, turn the stone into bread. Make some bread, Jesus, because you know what? You're hungry. And Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds. The word of God brings provision. Nod your head, say yes, or say oh me, or something, because listen, the word of God, not, not, not your workplace, the word of God brings provision. Who are you looking to meet your needs? Trust God and look to Him. So what does the Word say? Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It's talking about clothes, food, houses, brothers, lands. Seek God. Seek God. The kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? It's the Word of God. W-O-R-D, the Word. The Word of God is what you need to know. Why am I teaching this? You know how many people are doing this? Well, I know the Lord. One day the Lord's going to do it. One day. One day. Okay, oh Lord. One, Lord, okay, Lord. One day. I'm awaiting. I'm a-wishing and hoping. That's not F-A-I-T-H. That's not standing on the Word. What are you wanting? Do you want provision? Then what Word are you standing on? Jesus said, it is written. It is written. Anybody got a muzzle loader? Ladies, 
No ladies. Men, raise your hand, men. Uh, his wife's got one. Brittany's not in here. She's got one. But men, you got a muzzleloader? Do, do you know what? If you got a 50 caliber, you don't put 45 caliber in it, do you? You know, and you don't take a hammer and try to beat a shell in it. You learn how to fire it. How many of you can crank your car without a key? All right. Two or three people can crank their car without a key. I know somebody had a screwdriver they could stick in there and crank it up until they're, somebody living with them stole it and hit about six cars leaving the church parking lot. But the thing about it is, you got to have certain things to do certain things. You, you know what, what we, what we want to know about, we learn. You drive a fork truck, right? Anybody else have never driven a fork truck? You know what's fun about a fork truck? It's when you get it way up there and it starts doing this number. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I picked up a load too much and went forward before. Yeah, he has too. What, what am I saying? Learn. We, we, stuff that interests us, we learn about it. Whether it be sewing or, or changing oil in our car or, or firing a muzzle loader, we learn, we learn, we learn. Why don't we learn the Word of God? Why, do, why, don't, why do we want to walk and just hope God does something one day when we can write our own ticket with the Word of God? When Jesus answered everything with the Word of God, what are you standing on? What are you standing on? Because provision, there's provision for healing. There's provision for peace. There's provision for everything that you need. Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Oh, no, no, no. It didn't say needs. Uh. It said need. What do you need? Well, I need Jesus. And if I got the word and Jesus, I got everything. I got all my need met. That, that, that's the secret there. But God will provide. God provides. He, he's our provider. Provision's not always money. Provision's health. Provision's, how about mentality? How about to, the capacity to learn more? How about a provision that you have a hunger for the Word of God now? I'm praying that you have a hunger for the Word of God like never before. Because, you know, Miss Shirley, if you believe that Word, Jesus is coming back. That's, that's a Bible promise. Matter of fact, that's our blessed hope. I just can't have that right now, but I know one day I, that's a blessed hope. I know that he's coming. But there are promises in the Bible that I can have today. Salvation, today's the day of salvation. There's no waiting on salvation. You can have it now. And you can have, you can have peace now. Notice how I always do a joy. Ha, ha, ha. No emotion whatsoever. Because joy is, is not an emotion. Joy is a spiritual force. And I go, ha, 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 I got joy. Well, you don't look like it. doesn't matter what I look like. You don't feel like it, yeah, but if I keep going, ha, 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 I'm going to feel some joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You see, I'm calling it in. Ha, 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 ha. You can't shout glory three times without smiling. Quit smiling, Jenny. You make me feel like you're making fun of me. It's all over. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Don't get on me now, and then we ain't going to preach no more. Here we go. 
So as we look at the word brings provision, if you look at a person, you're going to be disappointed. I am not your provision. I'm not my wife's provision. She's not my provision. Jesus is my provision. Let's just go there for a minute. If your wife is not who you think she ought to be, then you better be speaking life to her. And if your husband is, is not who he, he, you think he needs to be, you need to be praying for him. You want to know a secret, ladies? Every day you need to tell your husband he's your hero. Why? Make him get up and go to work. That'll make him get up and go to work. You ain't got to say, you lazy bum, get up and go to work. And you know what? He's going to lay back down because, you know what? I tell you I'm lazy bum. Okay, I am. That's not calling those things just be not as though they were. You're my hero. You're my husband. And that way when some idiot comes in with a machete, he's going to be the hero. And he's going to give you time to get out. He's trying to protect you. Don't let that leave here. Don't let that leave here. You need to be telling your wife what you want her to be, who she is to you. And if you're not married, you need to be calling that person in. And you need to be the person you're calling in. See, that's the correction. We don't want correction, man. To be the person that we're believing for, I want a man of God. Well, you got to be a woman of God. I'm looking for a woman of God. You need to be a man of God. I believe Tim Gollimore is a mighty man of God. Anybody agree with that? Tim's just a man, but he serves a mighty God. That's what makes him a mighty man of God. His wife's a mighty woman of God, not because she's somebody special. She's a woman who put God first. So is Miss Shirley. So is Scott. If you want to be mighty in God, you put God, his word first, and put God first. It's not not that, that they're special. Well, you're the pastor. That don't mean squat. I got to live by the word too. I got to live by the word like everybody else. I have to put the word first place. You know what helps you with correction? David said it like this. Thy word have I put in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because every time I want to step up, the word says, you don't do that. You're right. That's right. Whoa. The word will tell you, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't do that. The word will correct you and check you. God, God is love, but there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And we have to obey to gain heaven. We have to accept Jesus as Lord. You have to do that. You know, I always tell that story. We was witnessing out, and, and this girl told this guy, he said, man, you, he said, are you going to heaven? Do you, have you accepted Jesus? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven. I'm not poor and dirty. And I, what's that got to do with it? Nothing. So let's keep going. Provision. Anybody ever heard the scripture in Proverbs 10, 22, that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow with it? Let's put that up there. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow with it. I like that. We're to believe God for provision of whatever we need, and we need to find Scripture to stand on. Give you an example. 
The Bible says, give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. It's not on the sheet. You might want to write it down. Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure. What's the precedent? It's to give, and it's given. And it says, it's given unto you, good, good measure, pressed down. Men will give unto your bosom. Men, men. Are you with me? I'm trying to help you. Because I've never had money fall out of heaven for me. And it's never grown on a tree in the backyard. No, I got extra work. Or I sold something big or something happened. Last Sunday, we took up our legacy project. And we trust God to provide our need to build this building. What God, what God gives us a vision for, he gives us provision for. And it, all the giving has not come in, but we're up to $55,000. Glory be to God. Isn't that amazing? Now, I believe God, but guess what? God's going to reward your faithfulness. So if you've given $5, $10, $100, $1,000, $5,000, $25,000, whatever you've given or believe in God to give, or whatever you gave, say, I have given. Say it with me. I have given. It is given unto me. Men will give to me. That's called increase. That's because that's God's plan. Not my plan. I'm not, you know, I don't talk about money. But I believe God for it. We didn't, we didn't hound you. You better, oh, you got to do it. Please, if you give something, please. No, that's manipulation. We're not manipulating. We believe in God. We believe in God, and you need to believe God. He's your provider. He brings provision. You have given, it is given. It's given to you. So here's the deal. How do you get in on that? Give. Give love, get love. Give joy, get joy. Give money, get money. That's how you get in on it. That's called being obedient. That's, that's, how you, that's how doing of the Word, that's being a doer of the Word. I'm trying to help you because, see, that's what the tithe is, 10%. It already belongs to God. But he said, you give me the 10%, I'm going to bless the 90. And so that's provision. That's in provision, too. i got to talk about that. Don't be scared. You say, well, I don't know how in the world. Just start. Start with something, and God will increase it. And believe God to increase it. And believe God, you know, uh, uh, my wife... My wife, I, her and I, whew, we grew up in the country poor. But I started found out that God's my provider. And I started believing not for an X amount of money. I started believing for more money than she needed. Because we had three kids and we had lots of need. Food, shelter, vehicles, clothes for our kids. And I just believed God for more. More than we need. And God blessed it. And we began to give. And we started trusting in and adhering to what the Word said. God started revealing the Word. He's our provider, even for healing. My kids would go to the doctor. Well, we hadn't seen you in two years. You're about 10 shots behind. They didn't want to go. Because we didn't go. Because you go in, you go in, you know. I know people who paid that BMW note for that doctor. Because they went every two weeks or they was in there, you know, once a month. And we didn't go because we believed God to provide healing and health. Start believing God. God rewards 
or God's reward comes from seeking, hearing, and learning. So let's talk about real quick, vision. Vision, I'm still, what can you see God doing? Can you see God doing something that you need? Cody declared tumors falling off. Can you see that? It's easy to see it when you don't have one. But you need to be believing for it, even if you, so when it comes up, you're like, oh, nope, nope. Because what can you see? Can you see manifestations and, and, and miracles? It's getting quiet in here. I'm praying for miracles. People need miracles. God is in the miracle business. But God is also in the provision of all time, always providing. How about health? How about never struggling financially? That God wants to take you to a place. How about learn of me, says the Lord. Learn of me. Learn, of me. learn, learn from me how to handle finances. Learn from me how to handle health. Learn from me how to take care. He wants to teach us. He wants to teach us. Let's go to number two. I could go all day on number one, huh? Number two, the word brings protection. God wants to protect you in every way. He wants to protect your marriage. He wants to protect your children. He wants to protect your life. He wants to protect your finances. He wants to protect your house. He wants to protect you. But I want to show you something in this. You know what? The greatest, if you don't know this, write it down. Psalms 91 is the most memorized scripture, and it's on protection. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And we're not going to do it all. And I will say, he will say of the Lord, he's my God, my fortress, and to him do I trust. He's delivering from the snare of the fowler. Anybody ever, uh, Miss Libby said, that's right, her husband uses a snare to catch coats. How many of you know the devil's laid out snares for you? How about he's looking for your weakness? You know, I, I started dipping snuff in the third grade. We're talking windy country, we country boys. But, God took that from me because I asked him. I laid it on the altar and said, God, I am not doing this anymore. And I quit cold turkey. He took that. Here's the thing. I gave it to him. That's why he took it. That's a secret there. If you're carrying it, he don't have it. If you're carrying it, that's what, you know, unforgiveness does. It's like, I was wrong, but I'm giving it to you, Lord. See, so God wants, he wants to provide, he wants to protect you, and he'll tell you stuff that you need to quit doing. We got to obey. Well, it's got quiet in here. You can't eat M&Ms all the time. I was giving my grandson chocolate-covered pretzels, and after about six, I said, that's enough. He said, is that too many, Pop? And I said, yep, that's too many, that's enough. He's, trying to, he's working me. But you know, Pop, uh, you know, he starts working me because he wants another piece of chocolate. I said, no. I said, too many. I said, it'll make you sick and it's not good for you. He goes, too many of them going to make me sick? I said, yep. I said, we don't want to be sick. I said, we want to be healthy. But he's still trying to figure out how to work to get another piece of chocolate. And I told him, too much of anything is not good for you. Too much of anything. It's called being a glutton, and we always go for the food. But it's anything. How about TV? You know, anything. How about work? 
And I like to work. Don't get me wrong. I work, work, work. But too much work is not good. Because then it turns into where you trust him. Trusting in your own works. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, 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 protection. Did you know that the devil quoted Psalms 91 to Jesus right here? Jump off this temple. The angels will catch you. But it's not in the right reference. He quoted Psalms 91. And you know the devil will quote scriptures? He quoted half scriptures to, to, to uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. You're not supposed to eat all the trees. You can't even touch it. And then she took in, yeah, you can't touch it. What do you do? So you dig. You got to know what the Word says. So I'm going to go ahead and jump and say this. To say it is written, if you're going to say, Satan, it is written, are you ready? You got to have read it. You got to read the Word. You got to know the Word. You got to seek out the Word. Read it. Know it. So, so, so here's, here's where I want to show you. Here's what I want to show you. In John 19, 11, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, so I'm sorry, I'm off. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, you write it down, it's not up there, he's not going to put it up there. There's a spirit of faith in the Word. What, I'm ta- what am I talking about? That means the Word will back itself up. The Word testifies to itself. And so he said, jump off this. The angel's going to pick you up. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Te- he said, thou should not tempt the Lord thy God. How many of you know you can take the Word of God out of context? Satan does it all the time. So how about some, uh, some stupid ones? I'm going to give you some stupid out-of-context scriptures. Are you all ready? And don't be offended. Because, see, there's a spirit of faith. If it disagrees with the whole concept of the Bible, that's taking scriptures out of context. Now, how many of you know Moses played tennis? Yeah, someone went, what? Well, the Bible says that Moses refused to serve in the courts of Pharaoh. Is that not silly? Oh, oh, I got another one. I got another one. How many of you know David had a motorcycle? Well, it says David's triumph was heard throughout the land. Yeah? Now, I heard a young preacher say this, and it wasn't me. So, ladies, it wasn't me. Say it wasn't pastor. But he, he got in trouble because the little church lady got him. And this is out of context. He goes, he goes there are going to be no women in heaven. Boy, let's see how that just went. Toop. He said, I know that because uh, in, the Bible says in heaven there's not a sound heard for 30 minutes. So he's leaving, standing at the back door, shaking everybody's hand, and church lady comes up to him. I heard what you said, preacher. There'll be no preachers in heaven either. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. See, we get in trouble. You get in trouble when you take the word out of context. The word has, it backs itself up. When I talk about provision, I give you, give you, give you scripture after scripture after scripture. Look, look, look at God's children. 
Look at what Jesus did. Jesus is our example. And so as we look at provision, as we look at protection, uh, God wants protection. How do you know God protects you? Because it is written. What did we sing? Cody said, he was singing and I went and wrote it down. The battle belongs to the Lord and no one else. But how many of you know we fight too many battles? How many of you know we take it on? What did you say to me? And that preacher knocks out man in congregation, you know, it'd be in the, right across the headlines. <laughs> so in Louisiana, everything happens. And Jesse Planter said he was in the Baptist church when he was a little boy. They went from Catholic to Baptist and into Assemblies of God. And he said, the deacon, three deacons got mad at the preacher, and the preacher was in the pulpit. And he said, I'll whip all three of you right now. And they walked out the front of the church, and he whipped them all three. And then came back in and cried because he got in the flesh. That's your flesh. You cannot win any battles in your flesh. You cannot trust in the arm of the flesh or the flesh. you got to trust God to win your battles. Miss Shirley's word this morning, forgiveness. If you'll forgive, the battle's won. So to get it out of our hands and put it into God's hands, protection, everything, provision, what we need. How did Jesus know the word? He laid down his divinity and became human and trusted God. Do you know that they wanted to kill him several times? Matter of fact, when he came out of the 40 days, he went back to his home church and he said, pass me the uh, book of Isaiah, the scroll of Isaiah. And he read and sat down. They wanted to kill him right off. You know, boy, that's encouraging. That's really encouraging. Your first sermon, people say, oh, yeah, we're going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. But he walked out of the midst of it in, in their confusion. He didn't say he didn't try to justify himself. How many of us try to argue our argument? Quit it. The battle belongs to the Lord. Ask Him to reveal to you. Ask Him to reveal to you. Ask Him to reveal to you. Let Him. Let Him take care of it. Well, if I don't say what I need to say, then how are they going to know? The Lord. The Lord. In Psalms 127.1, I'm just going to give you these real quick. We're going to bounce through these. In Psalms 127.1, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Who build it? Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. God's our help. Remember, this is how God partners with us. We stand on his word. We trust him. We pray and we release our faith and we, we, we give the scriptures out. The Lord said, remind me. You don't think that God has forgotten anything? You know, I, I'm going to pick on Jeff. You know, Jeff done some stuff. And, uh, you know, the Lord said, I never saw that coming. No, he didn't. The Lord knows everything about Jeff, his thoughts and intents and, and, and yours too. So, so the Lord wants to partner with us. And how do we get God to partner with us? We stand on his word. So the Lord's going to guard our city, our house. And, and, he, and you know what? We're going to just rest. I think it was Brother Hagin told the story in World War II, England was being bombed out, folks. Bombed out. And every evening people would run to a shelter and get in a shelter and sleep in that bunker. And the bombs going off all night long. Well, there was a little old lady that was going to the shelter with everybody and talked to everybody. And lo and behold, one night she didn't show up. <gasps> Where's she at? Everybody went, Where's she at? Oh my goodness. 
Oh, I hope nothing happened to her. Oh, my goodness, I hope nothing happened to her. About two weeks went by, and somebody saw her digging through the rubble. Where have you been? You hadn't been in the bomb shelter. She said, well, I read in the Bible that God never sleeps nor slumbers. And she goes, I decided to just trust him, and I'm going to sleep in my bed. Whoa. Now, people want to try to just do that, but she stood on the word. She had something to stand on. She goes, it is written. Protection. Isaiah 52, 12. Look what it says. For you shall not go out with haste, nor by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. So God's got your front and your back. Trust him. God's got your front and your back. He's our protection. He's with us. And you know what? We're taking these into context. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard Guard, guard your heart and minds through Christ. There's a secret right there. Peace. If you don't have peace, then don't do it. I don't care if everybody's going to, to do it. You follow peace. We had a family reunion one time, and I was a, probably 12, maybe 13. I, I, was, I was young, and my uncle didn't come. And my grandmother cried and cried. But he said, I don't have peace. I'm not supposed to come. We want everybody there. And my grandma cried and cried, but you know what? He obeyed God. The Lord told him not to come. He didn't have peace about going. If you don't have peace, you've got to have peace. You don't, you're not moved because of opinion. You follow peace. The peace of God that passes understanding will guard your heart. That... I told this Wednesday night, there was a guy working the phone, phone banks. It was Keith Moore and at, this ch at the church. And this lady called in. She's crying and squalling and squabbling. And, and she goes, uh, uh, every time I get out, every time, I, everywhere I go, I quote Psalms 91 before I get out. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God and by the shout of the Almighty. You need to go read that. She said, I quote it to God to protect me. And she goes, I got out of the car and, and I got mugged. And he's like, Lord, what, how do I answer this? What is going on? And the Spirit of God stirred up in him and asked her, did you have a witness not to get out of the car? Did you have peace to get out of the car? She goes, no, I didn't have peace, but I quoted Psalms 91. See, here's the secret. And we're, I'm jumping a little bit ahead. The Spirit of God will tell, witness with you. That's why you say the word so it wakes the Spirit of God up on the inside of you to direct you and guide you. She pulled up in a bad part of town and quoted Psalms 91. And the Lord said, don't get out. She got out anyway. She got mugged. You have an inner witness, peace. You got to follow that. I don't care what you, Jesus followed that peace. He's walking with them and all of a sudden they're all headed and he turns this away. He's following the Spirit of God. He goes to the pool of Bethesda. And everybody around that pool was wanting to be healed. But there was one man who had faith. And he went to that one man. Where did everybody else go? They kept walking. He just followed the Spirit. You know how many, how many of y'all ever driven home and can't remember how in the world we got here? Because you're just in the same. You need to be listening to the Spirit. 
need to be listening. And so the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will guide you. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Come on, say, say, say it with me. Father, guard me from the evil one. Let me see his devices. You know what? The evil one can use anybody. <laughs> Did y'all see in the newspaper where uh, the devil went in with a gun and stole the seven, uh, you know, robbed the 7-Eleven? No. You saw where somebody ran in there being used of the enemy and robbed the 7-Eleven. Now, they may have been under some kind of influence, but that's the enemy's work. That's the works of the devil. And so we need to be mindful that the works of the devil can happen anywhere, and we need to move on. So let's go to number three. The Word brings power. Power. See, the devil's trying to tempt Jesus with worldly power. Look at all the cities. Look at all the cities. Look, you could be king of that. You could be king of this land. You could be president of this land. You can have that. But you know what? Remember what Jesus told? Uh, we just did Easter. Remember what he told uh, uh, the man in charge said? I went blank. Who was the Roman? Who? Pilate. Thank you. Went blank. Pilate said, don't you know, Jesus, I have the power to turn you loose? And Jesus said, the only power you got, my Father gave you. Woo! The only power you got, my Father gave you. Jesus knew, he knew where power come, comes from. But we look at power, and we look at people, and we think they got power and authority. But God has power and authority. Jesus knew it. Jesus also said, I don't do anything unless I see my Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear my Father say it. Come on. If the Father does it, you can do it. So Jesus is walking along, and Jesus says, be healed. Blind eyes be open. Hey, he saw the Father do it, and the Father led him. The Spirit of God led him. He said, lame man, dead child, arise and walk. Huh? Okay. That, I know that's on another level, but you can obtain it. How did Jesus know to do that? We'd like to say that, oh, you know, he, Jesus had mag magical powers. No, he did not. He was a man. He knew what the Word says. Did you know Elijah raised people up? Did you know Elisha raised people from the dead? Elijah and Elisha? Matter of fact, the bones of Elisha, you know, he was one, one miracle short. And they threw a dead man on his bones, and that man jumped up and took off running. Do you know you can be in the presence of people and receive healing? Do you know that? God, God wants that, but you got to recognize it. Believe for it. Expect it. What are you expecting? I'm just expecting to suffer. My grandma had it. My daddy had it, and I got it. Ah! That's wrong expectation. The expectation comes from the Word of God. 
So if you really want to understand God's protection, provision, power over the enemy, you need to learn more. L-E-A-R-N, learn. I work for Motorola. We were forever doing continuing education. Sales, products, whatever. Doctors, you got to learn. Physicians, nurses, continuing education. How about Christian continuing education? How about studying and listening to somebody preach the Word of God? How about getting stirred up about the Word of God? How about getting into the Word, digging in, believing God for more? For more. I'm believing God for more. Does anybody want to join me? Come on. Then, then you know what you got to do? You got to learn more. You got to believe for more. You got to find out where it's written. So here's the last thing. I'm closing this. I'm trying to land this airplane. How about remaining teachable? How many of us get hard-headed? That's just the way it is. Do you know I love my grandma, but my grandma didn't know the scriptures. And she said a lot of things that were unscriptural. And don't laugh at my grandma because yours is the same way. <laughs> they were wrong. And if you find out you've been wrong, that's called repentance. It's a change of mind. Man, I have been in the Word, and I'm like, ah, Leah, I have been, I've even taught that wrong. Oh, God, forgive me for, for teaching that wrong because I thought that's the way it was, and some, I heard somebody say it, and it sounded good, but it wasn't right. And so we want to teach the Word and receive the Word to the best of our ability and, and know that the Word backs itself up. We need to remain teachable to receive. If you're not teachable, you're not going to receive. You ever met anybody like that? Tell me how to do it. It's like driving your car backwards down the interstate 70 miles an hour. You know it's easier to go forward? Don't tell me how to drive. I'm not trying to meddle in your marriage, okay? (laughs) Oh, my. If you can't say it, it is written if you haven't read it. We'll say that again. Read it. We can have faith because we know it's written. How, how does faith come, Tim? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Anybody ever heard that? Faith comes by hearing. How about learning? Learning what the Word says. Faith comes by hearing and learning. Learning, learning. Let me see how to say this. When it says faith comes by hearing, it's talking about a rhema word that's anointed by the Holy Spirit. So, here's my Bible. You can't see what, especially I ain't going to let you, some of you got x-ray vision. But you can't see what scriptures I got out here. But they're logos. These are logos. It's just a written word. Your favorite novel is logos. But here's the secret to the Bible is it can become rhema, living word, because the Spirit of God's on it. The Spirit of God's on the Word of God. And when the Spirit of God gets on it and you start reading it, it'll jump off the page. It'll be enlightened in you. So let me say this. Let me say this. Put, 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 uh, 
Second Corinthians, what? I'm sorry. Put Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 in the Amplified. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration. That's rhema. Are you with me? God-breathed. This is what the Holy Spirit added. So listen, this is a secret. God formed man out of the dust of the earth. And God breathed into man and made him a speaking spirit made to house and speak the Word of God. So the Word of God is God-breathed and you are God-breathed. He took dust. How much is dust worth to you? I tried to sweep it out. I swept it out yesterday. But God can take dust and make it worth everything by His Word and by His breath. The anointing in the Word will change your life. That's what you need is to hear anointed words of God, rhema words. You need to be seeking God. And every time you read the Word, ask the Holy Spirit for a rhema. Give me something living for me. I need something living for me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Stir in me, Holy Spirit. Teach me, Holy Spirit. See, it's the Word and the Holy Spirit together that will make you an overcomer in this life that will make you successful, that will bring healing to you, that will bring peace to you. It's the Word and the Spirit. So bow your head and close your eyes. Say, Father, I thank you for the Word and the Spirit that's working in me. Reveal, reveal, reveal to me everything that I need through your Word. Thank you, Father, for your word and for the Holy Spirit that's stirring in me. Last thing I'm going to tell you. I can tell you what I've meditated, but can you tell me what you've meditated? I can tell you what scriptures I'm standing on, but can you tell me what scriptures you're standing on? See, I drive down the road confessing what I need today. You need to be driving down the road. You need to be spending time. So bow your head one more time. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He's the Word that became flesh. And God sent Him to bring you salvation, health, and healing in this life. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you lift your hand and say, Pray for me, Pastor Brett. Anybody here today? You need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. So let's pray together. Say, Father, thank you for a rhema word, a living word, that Jesus came to die for me, that Jesus came to pave the way for me to go to heaven. Thank you, Father, for your word living big in me. Thank you that heaven is my home because I believe that Jesus died upon the cross for my sins, to bring me life, to bring me health, to bring me peace, to bring me joy. In Jesus' name, amen. So look at me. If you raise your hand today on the back uh, of the chair, there is a, a first-time visitor card, a connect card. Will you fill that out and say, I got saved today? We, we want the prayer team, we want you to go over and pray with the prayer team. 
today. Let them pray for you and solid some things up in your life. Give you some assurance. Because some of you have raised your hands before. But God wants to give you an assurance that you know that you know that you're a child of God. You know, I've never seen Jesus in a vision. I'm waiting. I'm expecting. But if I never do, it doesn't matter. I've got His Spirit living on the inside of me. I know I'm going to heaven. I know heaven's my home. And that's why I keep myself. Not because I'm trying to keep the law, because God loves me. And I'm in the family. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.